My name is Steven, and I play the character Ulrich Orman, a gnome ranger, and this is Advantage. I am sitting down for uh, our first actual role-playing episode of Advantage. Um, I'm here with Steven and Sarah, uh, and we're expecting to have a really great time. This is mostly going to be a um, setting the stage of, of the plot. We're just kind of delving into it, so it's going to be a dice-rolling light episode, uh, but we're hoping to like set the mood and atmosphere more than anything. You approach Isotalus. It's a beautiful, primarily elven town that you call home. Um, as you pass through the thatched thorn walls of the city, you see low buildings that are made of stone from the Charmed River and uh, along winding streets that are tucked under this beautiful canopy of ancient trees. Um, and you report to the Keep of Crows where you find uh, Chief Arrow. Uh, you walk in the door and go ahead and describe for the audience what you look like, Ulrich. Uh, well... I'm about three and a half feet tall, um, but a stout three and a half feet, certainly not spindly. Um, I'm wearing leather studded armor um, that has like a sort of faint hint of green. Any, any bits that are cloth are, are green. Um, and on my right arm, I have a, a sort of patch that has um, a red nine and a, and a black feather, which is our mark um, for being the ninth squadron and uh, for being a warden scout. I also have a big longbow, which looks a little silly on me, um, and it's actually a little smaller than a normal-sized <laughs> longbow, um, because I'm indeed quite small. Um, but it is a longbow nonetheless, uh, and I wear it proudly. Excellent. Um, so the the chief arrow jolts around. He says, ah. Ulrich, I thought you were out in the field. Uh, I was, but I uh, saw something I thought you might want to know about. <laughs> Please tell me. And why wouldn't you report it on the crows? Why is this, is this such pressing news that you had to deliver it to me in person? Certainly. Um, for about four days, we've been uh, watching a battalion from the Pandominion that's been camped basically pissing distance from us, um, or at least from the, the border. For four days, a small party of them, which was basically a deva and three others, have been struggling their way through the forest. I gotta admit, for a couple of the nights while I was watching them, I practiced some of my more disturbing animal calls. Um, thought that would be a good moment. Uh, <laughs> and so, but they're on their way here. They stopped and they camped for two days. Um, and they're here to, um, I think, negotiate some, some trade routes, maybe. Um, I haven't spoken to them yet, and uh, honestly didn't want to wait on the crows. I thought I might could be uh, be back a little faster, um, and to get your input and figure out what you wanted us to do. Why do you think that they're here to discuss trade routes? 
as having personally witnessed an assault that happened uh, in the um, Colgafir, I know or at least believe that trade routes have been kind of messed up over there. And they sent this contingent with no weapons really to speak of other than maybe some self-defense. So they're certainly not here um, to assault anything, though I guess technically they could be attempting to wage war. Either way, they need to talk to us or they would have sent their forces instead of... <laughs> to be honest, guys, we could have picked off pretty quickly. That's that's fair. It does sound rather diplomatic of them. I would um, argue that they they barely even have like survival training. I think if we let them out there for another couple of days, they might not make it. Where are they now? They've been camping in the same spot for just a couple of days. A few miles downstream from us, actually, just on, along the Charmed River. He's without a doubt waiting for an invitation. Go and collect the Deva, and I'll gather the Council of Elders. Yes, sir. And so you leave. <laughs> um, how is it you want to, as you're exiting the city, going to find uh, the Davis camp? How How is it you want to approach? Approach. Are you going for like a, a sneaky thing, or are you just going to like walk up in there? Um, a little of both. I think I want to surprise them. Um, okay. Because I, I have a flair for the theatrics. Um, I don't want to <laughs> poke a little bit of fun. Um, but ultimately, it's still a very, a very serious mission, and so my my current plan of attack, as I'm, you know, as I'm not attack, actual attack, but um, right. plan for this meeting is as I'm as I'm walking through the forest now, I suppose, preparing to meet them. I'm going to put on this very, like very intense air of gravitas that my character does not normally experience, um, <laughs> to just sort of to sort of mess with them a little bit. You can smell the smoke from their campfire as you approach. You're within vocal range now, if you were to speak. Um, I'd like to, despite being small, and so this will take a while, probably climb up into a tree. Um, okay. Choosing a very opportune branch um, that is thick enough to hold my small weight, but it'll also get me kind of over sort of the middle of camp, but not quite the fire. Would you give me a stealth roll, please? Stealth roll. And do you have advantage on that? Do I have advantage on stealth? Yeah. Are you trained? Or do I have... Yes. So, like, then my stealth is, is five. By okay. itself. Um, sure. And I rolled a 13, so that means it is an 18. Go ahead and roll again, just to see if you crit. I, I did. I rolled a 20. <laughs> Perfect. Goddamn. You are able to uh, easily get up on this branch right above their camp. They haven't uh, caught any air of you at all. Um, they're just completely oblivious. You see uh, a purple-skinned Deva. He's dressed in a white, uh, white cloth over some blue chainmail. Um, you see th three other... Uh, nameless NPCs that are standing around. They have backpacks um, and are fairly unarmored. There's one guy uh, leaning up against a uh, white standard that has the Pandominion's logo, which is um, or symbol, which is a blue circle in the middle of it. So it does seem to be a uh, a standard indicating truce. And you're sitting right above them. So what I do, 
is on my way up, I actually picked up a rock too, and I chuck it uh, sort of back into the forest, kind of kind of where I was, hitting anything really, just trying to make a loud noise so they all turn their heads and look the same direction. They do so. Um, and then I silently and stealthily drop down from my tree and stand up immediately as if I have been there the entire time somehow um, and say boldly, Deva! And so, like, of course, they all turn around and look straight at me. Ah! And I... <laughs> Goodness gracious! How long have you been there? Long enough. I've seen you out here for the past few nights. Come with me. The council will see you now. I was wondering when they had decided to let us in. Good, good. Let's head off. This time as you approach the thorn walls, you see the chief arrow standing outside the gate with four other wood elves. Uh, Leah, Melame, Briel, Amakir, Tharmo Yesric, and Perrin Cienadel. Um, a human named Jacob Craw and the halfling, Carl uh, Fallhide, who together make up the six members of the Elder Council. Um, behind them is a presiding druid of Isotalos named Kareth, uh, who's an elf with a sharp jaw and an intimidating undercut. Uh, they have a bright blue hawk feather that hangs as a totem from uh, their staff. And next to them is a shorter elf that you know to be Kareth's apprentice, Morlinde Lyaclas, the young oak. Um, Sarah, do you want to Describe Morlinde for us. Yeah, um, Morlinde is a rather young elf. She's 40. Um, she's also, like, not as tall and skinny as most elves. She's, like, 150 pounds and, like, not a stick. Uh, also, right now, she's in ceremonial garb, uh, which she's not a huge fan of because it's kind of heavy. She's got uh, leather armor on. Um, which is tinged green, just like everything she wears as a wood elf. Um, <laughs> as well as um, just a ridiculously oversized green robe um, that covers all of her with a really, like, a, a hood that is, it's just, if it's too much. Um, and uh, she looks serious um, because it's a serious night for her. So she's got her serious face on. Awesome. The Deva steps forward at a respectful distance and gives a short bow and uh, bow, excuse me, and begins speaking in a very broken Elvish, um, basically explaining that he and the others back at camp are representatives of the Pandominion's Empress Vamana and the Court of Light. Um, the Deva proposes to build a road through the Watched Forest, which connects uh, Isotalus with the Pandominion city of Havenmere, which is normally a week and a half's trek between the two, and eventually turn the muddy trail that runs along the edge of the Charmed River into a cobbled pass. Uh, you also pick up that his name is Incanus, and I don't know why I didn't say that earlier. <laughs> um, one of the elders asks, Why? What is your empress's motivation? Ah, to build a larger community with the Pandominion and nothing else. We are willing to fully pay for this project in order to build a trading relationship. Matters are tense. Do either of you have anything, any questions you want to ask or comments you want to say? Um, I don't say anything, but I definitely give Kareth a look of like, 
Are you going to do anything about this? Because I'm very aware that it is not my place. Um, but it it smells suspicious to me. Kara's face is very tense. It's obvious that uh, they are not pleased with even the notion of uh, the Deva and the Pandominion um, being in the watched forest at all. It's completely uh, unprecedented with the history of Isatalus to have uh, a, a direct representative of the Empire this yeah. close, in fact, inside of Isatalus. Ulrich, what about you? Being aware of, but deciding to exercise none of the same tact that uh, Moylinde is, I was going to turn to my chief Arrow and talk to him in just kind of a voice um, that only that only you know we can really hear. I say to him, you know, Chief, uh, I I really think there's more at play here. I think you might should ask about the Kolgafir. I know something happened there, and I have a feeling that this is related because it wasn't that long ago. I've only been here for, like, it was a good eight months ago, and now they're here on your doorstep wanting to trade. It's fishy. Deva, you said your name was Incanis, correct? I did, yes. Very good. Um, uh, oh, that's not important. Um, I... <laughs> uh, was simply wondering if if maybe you had any news. Um, uh, some people of mine, some some gnomes, were uh, recently displaced by a very tragic event um, in the land of Kolgafir, and I was wondering if you had any information on that. Yeah, at the mention of Kolgafir, and Candace's uh, face does kind of make a little bit of frowny. He's not he's not <laughs> particularly pleased at the mention of that. Um, that being said, he does answer. Yes, it is true that uh, the Kolgafir have invaded um, our Fortress of Peace on Mount Concord and are holding it with great, great military force. Um, they've restricted all sea trade and have cut off the Pandominion with the Empires at all. Ah, that makes sense. So you're, you're telling us, though, that that has nothing to do with, uh, with your being here presently, then? No, it has everything to do with it. I'll be honest. Perhaps, good sir, starting your relationship with another foreign power with honesty is a good way to start. Thank you. Carl <laughs> uh, Falheit speaks. She says, return to your camp. We'll consult with the spirit's guidance and meet at the new moon. Warden Ulrich, uh, escort him. Ensure that they have fresh game and gatherings. Go. Yes. And you... Uh, very awkwardly guide and Canis back to their camp. Morlinde, Kareth doesn't speak to you until the pair of you have returned to Kareth's tree home deep in the forest. Um, how dare they? Don't they understand that even allowing their presence in the watched forest is inviting the Pantheon back into the cusp? Don't they see the danger? This is not the way of our people. The spirits protected our city from the wreckage caused by the gods in the Dawn War. Had Little Dragon not warned us of the forever winter and the Tree Father allowed us to build structures among his roots, we would not be here. Stormhawk was the one that saved the cusp from death, not the Pantheon. And Kareth catches that electric blue feather that's on their staff. The gods have been exiled from our home and they will remain so. What is it you think, Young Oak? What say you? They don't belong here and they are only here because they want to make money. 
which is ridiculous because that's not what the forest is for. And I just, this isn't going to end well. We have to convince the council to not let them in, but will that even stop them? Who knows? The gods are powerful. We will not meet again until the conclave at the new I have many things to attend to. So we're going to fast forward a couple weeks uh, until the night on the new moon. The way Isitalis' government works is that every month on the night of the new moon is kind of like a symbolic gesture of a new beginning. Um, the Council of Elders meets together and we go ahead and describe that scene for us. It's dusk and I'm waiting for Kareth outside the Shelter of Spirits, which is a low stone building. Um, the Shelter of Spirits, Spirits is an ancient place and it's very special and sacred for me. It's the first permanent structure built by the elves of Isotalos at the end of the Dawn War. Um, off in the distance, I hear a pair of drums echoing off one another. Every minute or so, a single thump comes from one on one far side of town, and then it's followed shortly after by another deep thump from the other. Um, while I wait here, the six members of the council enter in a row, each in their own ritual dress. Uh, Kara Fallhide glances at me and smiles as she passes. She's great. A few drums, a, a few <laughs> drum echoes later, the presiding druid, Kareth, comes forward and ushers us all inside. The six elders sit on low benches surrounding a small, bright fire. Kareth and I share the seventh bench, just as we always have for every other month at the New Moon Conclaves. The drums outside give three loud beats at once, and then there is just silence. Um, Kareth is the first to speak, and they remove their antlered crown. Hear my wisdom. There's anger in the forest. The spirits fear our recklessness, even allowing them, the Pantheon, the Pandominion, to camp a half a day from our home is tearing them apart. They and their gods will only bring damage to this place, and the very idea of allowing them to build a road connecting our their empire to Isitalos is abhorrent and disgraceful. Um, during this process, as a young oak, your job is uh, at these meetings is just to like watch and learn from the presiding druid. Mm -hmm. um, so just to make sure that I'm not just going to be arguing with myself during this scene, I'll give you the gist of what happens. Um, like Kirith, three of the elven elders, uh, Liam Elame, Briel Amakir, and uh, parents Cyanadel feel as though allowing the Pandominion to pave a trail from their empire is a direct attack on the sovereignty of the cusp and that the Pandominion is unabashedly trying to spread their influence of the Pantheon despite the primal spirits ruling at the end of the Dawn War. To give in to the request of building a road connecting the watched forest with the outside would just be a slippery slope into just abandoning the wisdom from Little Dragon and the Valor of the Stormhawk and joining forces with the gods themselves. On the contrary to that, elders Jacob Craw, a human, um, Kara Falhide, the halfling, and the elf, uh, Samuel Yusrik, are willing to allow entry. Wait, um, uh, Kara is down for it? Kara's down for it. Mm. 
For them, allowing the road to connect to the city means a new opportunity for growth. Expansion is only negative when it ignores the desires of the primal spirits, and they uh, cite the spirit Blood Cousin, who champions new traditions that are shared between uh, disparate peoples. They also point out that the Pandominion didn't bring weapons into the forest, and that the Warden Scout had reported that they'd killed no game. For them, so long as they treat the Watch Forest and its inhabitants with respect, they should be allowed to build their road. You want to give me an insight check? Uh, yeah. And you're trained in insight, right? I think I think that's yes. something you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, okay. So go ahead and roll that insight with advantage. Ah, oh, heck yeah. 23. All right, that'll do it. <laughs> Morlinde, you know that Elders Fallhide, Yesrik, and Craw, uh, their elections onto the council were earned by showing great responsibility and loyalty toward Isatalus, despite not being kin to the original band of elves so many centuries ago. Uh, without the sort of progressive allowances of the council, um, their families would have been denied entry into the community. So their votes are just kind of directly representative of that. On the contrary, Melame, Amakir, and Cyanidel are all heirs to the first band of his Italian elves. The night grows long, and then finally a vote is taken, and the Shelter of Spirits is just tense as three of the elders vote to allow entry and three vote against. Again, according to its Italian tradition, Kareth can't vote, and so it remains tied. Protocol dictates uh, that the role of the presiding druid is only to advise the Council of Elders on behalf of the spirits. So in a draw, the matter is going to be taken to the public opinion. Oh, God. Kareth looks at you and says, Young Oak, tell the criers outside that the vote on the fate of our home will be cast at the Council Valley in the evening of the morrow. So you exit, and then... Auric, from your station near Encanus's camp, you hear five loud drum strikes echo through the watched forest, which signal that somebody has finally exited the conclave. Hey everyone, it's Joe. I hope that you're enjoying our first role-playing session. Uh, next episode, you'll get to meet Grimton Steadyhand, who's played by Yessie, and Alaris Gildrim, who's being played by Zach. These first two episodes are just all exposition, uh, meant to set up the actual plot itself. In fact, uh, the entire rest of the plot rests on the vote of the public hearing, which you'll hear shortly. Um, you can expect the party to finally all come together in about episode three. In the meantime, I'd like to give credit to all of our supporters. Big thanks to Daniel Grayling for doing all of our artwork. He's a hell of a guy, and without him, Advantage wouldn't have the look that it does today. Um, all of our music has been composed by Blake Bost, who wrote this score specifically for the podcast. Uh, you can find a portfolio of his work at soundcloud.com slash blakebost, B-O-S-T. Thanks to Justin Riley, who helped us out with some sound editing. He also does work for the D&D podcast Adventure on the Talking Comics Network. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at J.D. Riley, uh, J-D-E. R-E-I-L-L-Y. Again, I'd mention that this is the cast in my first time doing any sort of audio production, so we'd be absolutely lost without his subtle guidance during these beginning episodes. Our website was done with the help of Labor of Love Graphics, a design company that specializes in working with small businesses to create logos and web pages. I've had the pleasure of working with Trish Love on a number of different projects, and each occasion has been a joy. You can find her work at laboroflovegraphics.com. Thanks to all the role-playing podcasts that have inspired us to join your rank. Uh, we do hope that we meet the standard of quality that your collective works uh, set for us. To all those 
who do work to produce those shows, please, please email us any sort of constructive criticism or editing advice. We'll take anything we can get uh, because we know that we have a story worth telling and we want to tell it well. Our show is on social media. Our handles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr are all at AdvantageDND. You can find us online at AdvantageDND.com and email us at AdvantageDND at Gmail. Uh, we'd love to get in contact with you and to hear your thoughts. Thanks. That evening, the population of Isitalos gathers in the Council Valley. Uh, so 12,000 people sit on terraced walls of a basin that opens up to the Charmed River. Um, obvious additions to the structure of the amphitheater have been made over time in order to make room for the ever-growing population. And even now, the citizens are packed tightly in to hear the words of the elders who are all standing at the bottom of the valley uh, surrounding another flickering fire. Uh, Young Oak, you're there too, uh, standing beside presiding druid Kareth, uh, shadowing as you have at all the other hearings. Um, it's not a secret at all what this situation is about. Since the deva was seen at the meeting with uh, the Elder Council a few weeks ago, rumors have quickly spread on the motivations of the Panamanian's representatives in the forest, despite uh, like the classified status uh, officially. Auric, can you tell me a rumor that you've heard while you were in the city? At least three or four of the rumors that Ulrich heard uh, involved a Pandominion, um, like, invasion force, and they were here to discuss our um, surrender. Um, at one rumor, and only one, was the opposite, um, that, that we were discussing, like, taking over the Pandominion. Um, and then most of them just were, like, only that Adeva had been seen. Um, but with no information attached to, like, what it was for. Um, though there has been a lot of talk, because he's a deva, specifically about the association with Pantheon. Uh, most people don't know a whole lot about the Pantheon, or, a lot, like, a lot of the common folk don't, but they know enough to know that they don't like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so a lot of them are, are a little uncomfortable with a deva being around. Younger Corlinde, uh, what have you heard? I have to keep my mouth shut, which is really hard, because I have a lot of feelings and opinions about this. Um, but what I have heard uh, is that people know that they're camped out outside of Isitalos. Like, they know that the diva, or the deva and all of his uh, little friends are there. Um, but that's about all they know. There are those weird random rumors of, like, oh, they're going to come take us over. Um, but mostly people are just very curious about why they're there, and there's a lot of speculation. And But yeah, most of it is like, oh, they're going to take us over. Fights between families have definitely been broken up in the preceding weeks uh, over those mere rumors. Many of the, uh, many between Elven families whose blood traces back to the first band and others who immigrated in earlier, or sorry, later. Um, so right now, the Council Valley is just alive with chatter. Uh, Ulrich, you escort and Canis into a position near the elders. Um, many of those seated in the valley just hiss and boo at the deva as others stay silent. Um, Kareth is the first to speak. As is a custom of our nation, 
if the Council of Elders comes to no mutual decision on the night of the New Moon Conclave, then the fate is to be resolved by the citizens of Isitalos. As your presiding druid, I implore each and every one of you to think deeply during this time, to recognize the full consequences of your vote and its effects on the spiritual customs and traditions of our people. And Karis had snaps to look at Encanus, not speaking to him, but just to imply that it is his turn to present the case to the audience. And he steps forward. He gives a short bow. Good evening. I am Encanus, a representative of the Empire of the Pandominion and Empress Vimana in her Court of Light. I have been sent here to negotiate the construction of a road between our two great nations, which would connect Isitalos with our city of Havenmere, uh, following the path of the Charmed River. Because Empress Vamana recognizes the value of a strong trade network, the Pandominion has agreed to finance and build the entire project, start to finish, so that in a year or so, a cobbled path road fit for carts and carriages would link us together. We estimate that it would reduce the trip's time to about a week's journey. Again, our mission would be to build networks. And we recognize that an essential part of that process is respecting your home, the Watched Forest. I give to you my solemn vow that we will bring no harm to life among your trees. Um, and Canis kind of glances around to the Council of Elders behind him, and some give an affirming nod. He says, I hope that tonight you agree to welcome us into your community. Thank you. And he steps away. The following bit is just essentially of a repeat of what happened the night prior, uh, just toward an audience now. Uh, so each elder stands to make their case to the citizens. Three of the elders, whose lineage traced back to the original band, is no secret. Uh, heed Karis called to keep the Pandominion and their gods out of the watched forest. Um, elder Cyanadel recounts the story of the Dawn War. Before the moon was even set in its place and the distant roars from the gods and primordials locked in battle still echoed over the cusp, the first presiding druid warned of a prophecy that she heard from the spirit Little Dragon, that one among the pantheon was to betray the others and send the world into a forever winter. The council of elders considered the fate and set forth to prepare for the upcoming cold. They planted seeds among the roots of the tree father and collected their surplus and rationed them out to have enough to last against the upcoming siege from the god. Months passed, and the goddess Kala did indeed take the world and send the cusp into a winter, as the spirit little dragon had foretold. But with the aid of the primal spirits, we were able to last as a nation until Kala was defeated by the spirit Stormhawk. And both the gods and the primordials were exiled from the world. To allow the pandominion to enter our home is a direct betrayal to our history. It is a direct betrayal to our traditions. It is a direct betrayal to our culture. Do not allow them the opportunity to once again soil our nation with the influence of the gods. Unlike the other three elders, uh, the human Jacob Craw. Carl Falhai, the halfling, and the elf, Thermor Yestrick, their families, uh, again, don't trace back to the First Nation. And they weave a narrative that's very different. Carl uh, Falhai stands to speak. She said, Had Isitalos not listened to the spirits like Blood Cousin, 
who connects disparate people with common ground and encourages a sharing of traditions between communities, I would not be here. Elders Craw and Yesrik would not be here. Many, many of you would not be here. Isatalus' success is in its ability to adapt to new influences while retaining its rich history. Look at this valley. This is the same location where our citizens have met for centuries. It was not always this large. But as we grew, we made room for more people. We did not shun them when we ran out of space. We did not barricade ourselves in fear of losing our identity. That is a tradition that we should be proud of. And Canis ensures us that this project will not harm the forest. They did not bring weapons to their camp, and they have killed no game. If they keep to their word, we should befall no harm. Thank you. Ia. You both know Ia to be the elven equivalent of Amen. What are Ulrich's thoughts at the moment? You came to Isatelos as a refugee. Walk us through what's going on in your mind. Um, he's definitely definitely a little more pensive than he was prepared to be this evening. Because um, you're right, you know, Ulrich has very recently, uh, especially compared to most of them, benefited from the kindness and openness of this community. And yes, like... I'm a creature, kind of, I, if I remember right, gnomes are creatures of the fae, at least distantly. Um, Definitely, yeah. And so, like, I have that going for me, and so it's not hard for me to, like, relate to the people here, but this is still not where I'm from. Um, at least not directly. Um, there, are, there are some, like, gnome uh, clans that live in the Watched Forest, uh, but m me especially, I came from Kolgafir. I am uh, feeling... A connection with these council members who, who are talking about, you know, their, yes, tradition, but a tradition of being open and allowing new people to come in. This is a very melting pot kind of feel. And so I have benefited from it directly. Um, not even that long ago. It was eight months that I was, uh, just eight months ago that I was displaced and needed a place to come. Uh, and I met no such warmth from the pandominion i instead found it here in east Talos. i am a spiritual person but i am significantly more pragmatic um and so for me i'm focusing more on that aspect of it just the personal like people should be allowed to be here and and trade assuming that they do what they're going to say that they do i am also though very nervous about the pandominion not keeping their word i don't distrust in canis the person um, I think he is genuine. I don't trust the Pandominion. Young Oak, Morlinde, what are you? What are your thoughts? Okay, so at this moment, after everyone has made their uh, respective spiels, um, like I, I'm visibly angry um, because I don't know if the crowd like understands like how big of a deal this is. Um, because an entire road, like, paved, like, cobbled through the Watch Forest destroys so much of what is, like, sacred and holy about the Watch Forest. So many, um, 
like the places that animals and plants and plenty of people live um and even if it like oh you know we're only gonna get some grass by the river or whatever like that is part of the watch force and the entire thing is sacred and what's been so great about Isatalis for so many years is that they have like continued to take care of it and um watch the watch forest and make sure everything is okay and and grow within it without destroying anything. Isatala's culture has been so heavily influenced by the spirits of the forest and by the the wood elf community that it sprang from so long ago. And so with these new people coming in, this deva coming in and just showing up and saying, hey, we're going to build a road and people being totally fine with it in such a short period of time makes me very nervous because this is something that we need to talk about for more than just a few days or weeks. This is something we need to sit down and be sure that uh, the pandominion is not being shady. I am definitely completely with Carith on how they feel about keeping the pantheon out of the forest because the spirits are the reason that the forest is so special, so spiritual, so sacred. I totally don't trust the gods of the pandominion. I don't trust the pantheon. I think they should stay away. I have the understanding as a druid, <laughs> as as a druid in training to be the the presiding druid and as a as an elf, as an actual part of the watched forest. Like the watched forest is a community. It's a it's a whole ecosystem and I am a part of it. I don't just live in it. I am it. And this is all just happening far too fast for me, and there's nothing I can do about it except watch. And I know that it's not going in the direction I want it to. I've always got along with Elder Faldhide because she's very wise and she thinks things through, and I appreciate that very much. And that's part of why she's an elder. Um, and I feel as if she's not thinking this through. I understand that she doesn't have the same spiritual experiences as me and the same experience with the watched forest as me. However, she should have spent enough time with me and enough time with Carith, honestly, to see that building a road is so detrimental and it's destructive. People coming to Isatalis is not a problem. Trade is not a problem. <laughs> but this much disruption of the watched forest definitely is it's it's not about the customs and traditions as much as it is for the actual life of the forest then yes because it's so like okay. isatalis is is great because it's diverse and there are different kinds of people but that's what isatalos is for so kareth steps forward and the presiding druid says you have heard the council of elders speak each and every one of you now has a decision to make. Place your voting stands on this side of the fire to allow Deva and Canis and his gods to enter into our nation and risk the abandoning of the spirits. And place your voting stones on that side of the fire to indicate your resolution to losing our customs and traditions. Then the presiding druid steps back and slowly the entire population of Isatalos begins to make their way to the floor of the Council Valley.
planning on rolling to see how this all pans out. I Where am I physically? Like, am I close to the Deva? Like, I'm his escort, right? You you were up until this point. I mean, where you am could I potentially still be. Because I, I want to turn to him and, and ask him a question. In a show of total lack of decorum, but also in a moment of uncharacteristic actual seriousness, he turns to Incanus and says, Promise me we won't all burn for this. And, like, looks him up in the eye very seriously. I promise. I have no intention of hurting your nation. It's not you or I'm, I'm worried about, Deva. It's, it's the... It's your people. Can I trust the Pandominion as much as I can trust you? I trust them. After chewing on it for a little while, Ulrich decided to vote um, in the affirmative for allowing the Pandominion to come in. Morlinde, what are your reactions as you see your mother place her stone in the affirmative and your father places stone in the negative? Well, I'm surprised, for one, because I hadn't communicated with them since this all went down, since the Deva and his crew showed up. Um, so I, I, didn't, I didn't know what they were feeling about it. Honestly, um, I just wish I could have talked to them. I know that it, it would have completely broken decorum, but like, I feel like if my mom actually understood what was going on, that she totally would have voted against it. My parents, as herbalists, have a lot of respect for the forest, and they, but I don't think they understand a lot of the spiritual aspects of it. Sure. I mean, and that's part of your training, too. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're herbalists, but they're not druids. Yeah, and so they're... Um, I know that they are less spiritual than me, obviously. I feel a little betrayed. And I know that's ridiculous, because I haven't actually talked to my mom about it, so she can't know how I feel about it. But that is how I feel. Um, and I also feel generally bad because if my parents are uh, voting differently on this issue, like they can't be having a good time at home. Um, and I, ugh, I just wish all of this didn't happen. Hours pass. And by the end of the process, two massive heaps of pebbles on either side of the fire. So now I'm gonna roll this. Oh, and then one fell on the ground. So I'm gonna re-roll that one. I've got a percentage die and a d10 up here. The larger of the two piles is in the affirmative. And it's obvious that Elder Fallheide's plea to allow the Pandominion into the Watched Forest was effective. And the measure has been passed and as the last vote is cast down and the last pebble has been set next to the fire Kareth screams into the valley she says you will regret this you have brought evil into the watched forest you have betrayed the primal spirits they will abandon you and you will reap the consequences for your action you fools do you not understand what is at stake this is your battle to fight now and runs out of the council valley, abandoning the ceremony. 
and commotion just erupts from the crowd as lines between families are drawn. People are shouting and screaming in anger and in fear. Uh, you see people lurch forward as if they were planning to attack Canis. And Elder Cyanadel, one of the council members, uh, the one that recounted the story of the Dawn War, walks calmly forward and he says, QUIET! I know that you are scared and concerned for the future of our home. I am too. But I know that dissolving into chaos will only worsen the situation at hand. We will honor our traditions and allow the Pandominion to connect our two nations, as has been decided by our votes. We will honor our traditions and return peacefully to our homes, carrying on tomorrow as we have done time and time again. We will honor our traditions and defer to presiding druid Morlinde for spiritual matters. Issa Talos is strong and we will continue in our unity despite the votes cast what this council is now closed return to your homes yeah warden Ulrich, ensure that Encanus gets back to his camp at the forest edge safely do not allow any harm to come to him or his party quickly now go yes i uh, i make eye contact with my entire squad they they know already that things are crazy uh, and they immediately form up. We make a nice little bubble around in Canis and start taking him back. And I turn to him and say, <laughs> Well, Deva, hope it was a good plan. And we're going to call it there. because you can edit out all of my uh, panic moments while I make things up.